This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, dog lovers. Welcome to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I am a small animal veterinarian and dog lover. You all know that this show is kind of a passion for me because I want to empower dog lovers to allow them to make their dog's lives happier and healthier. And on that vein, today I have a special guest, Dr. James Serple. He is a PhD in animal behavior, and his passion is animal welfare and animal behavior. So we're going to talk with him about all the aspects of animal behavior and, and the ways in which he has contributed to the base of knowledge knowledge for animal behavior and welfare right after a word from our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try LicoChops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I have with me today Dr. James Serple, who is a PhD in animal behavior. Welcome, Dr. Serple. Hi there. How are you? I am well. So I know that you teach classes and write articles and do all kinds of things and that your passion is animal behavior and welfare. But Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about all the ways that you contribute to the base of knowledge about animal behavior? Yes, I got interested in companion animal behavior and welfare at quite an early age. And I, um, I struggled initially to study the behavior of companion animals, dogs and cats, because principally because they live in people's homes and it's very difficult to sort of get access to them in that environment and do behavioral observations. So you can watch dogs in dog parks and things like that, but most of the time these animals are are sort of squirreled away in somebody's house and it's not easy to get in there and obtain permission to kind of sit around and observe the animal behaving normally. So in the end, I resorted to a method that has been used previously by psychologists to study child behavior. And that is basically to use the parent or the teacher as a proxy. So designing a questionnaire or survey instrument that would be able to access all the knowledge that the animal owner has about that animal's behavior in such a way that it's not too subjective. In other words, it's fairly objective information that they're providing you with. And uh, that led eventually to us developing a thing called a, a questionnaire called the CBARC, which stands for the Canine Behavioral Assessment and Research Questionnaire. And um, that instrument now has been available for nearly 15 years. It's also available online, and it's been collecting data on dogs uh, and their behavior 
from dog owners and dog handlers for about, um, we now have about 50,000 pet dogs in our database and a similar number of working service and guide dogs in the database. So it's become this enormous source of behavioral information about dogs. And then recently we developed a, a cat version and uh, the cat version is called the, the FEBARC, the Feline Behavioral Assessment and Research Questionnaire. And uh, that's now also available online. So if you have a cat, you can go and do a behavioral evaluation of your cat. Well, that is how I found you, is that I filled out the CBART for my own dog. And I was absolutely astounded at how you just nailed her. I mean, it was just perfect. It was exactly what I see in her and the questions were were leading and they didn't, um, I mean, they weren't leading. They allowed me to tell objectively what I think about my dog. And, and I just, I was just so amazed at how, how well and accurate it seemed to be. And that's why I wanted to talk with you about this today. So it is important, I would assume, to have standardized evaluations so you can compare dogs to each other. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And again, that's one of the reasons, one of the other reasons why I developed this survey instrument, because I use it predominantly for research work where I want to, for example, do a before and after assessment of a dog, or I want to compare different groups of dogs in terms of their behavior. We've done quite a lot of research, for example, looking at breed differences in behavior. And um, for this type of work, you really need a standardized tool that you know is reliable and consistent and gives you a sort of valid measure of behavior. It's rather amazing actually now. I think probably there are more than 100 research publications out there that have used this instrument to measure behavior in dogs. And then they don't all belong to me, these studies. So it's used all over the world. It's been used, you know, in places like, places you'd never expect, like China, in Iran, in the Soviet Union, or what the former Soviet Union in Russia. It's amazing. It's just been uh, used all over the place. And so at one level, that's very gratifying to know that you've created this thing that is being used, very useful to people. But it's also extremely interesting because when I first started in this area, people said to me, oh, well, these accounts of animal behavior that you're generating won't, you know, aren't scientifically valid because they're provided by the animal's owner. They're not real observations of the animal. And I think what all of this work since has shown is that these observations by the owner are indeed scientifically valid. They, they can give you an accurate and quite objective analysis of the animal's overall temperament and personality. Absolutely. I couldn't do my job if I couldn't talk with the owner about their observations. So it seems to me that this is valuable for people that are interested in maybe adopting a dog or finding a dog that is a good match for the job that they want the dog to do. And so I adopted my dog from a rescue and I had no idea how perfect she would be. Of course, I think she's perfect, but I had no idea how perfect she would be for the jobs that I need her to do. And and so it looks like working groups and different trainers and things have found ways to use your data or your assessment. Can you go into that a little bit? Yes. The main groups who are using it are assistance dogs organizations. So uh, organizations breeding guide dogs for the blind, and uh, service dogs for people with other types of disability. And there are quite a number of those, maybe about 25 or 30 worldwide, who are using it 
routinely to evaluate their puppies, usually while the puppies are living with puppy raisers. So mostly they get a, a six-month evaluation and then a 12-month evaluation. So all of these evaluations are being done before the animal or the dog actually comes back to the organization for training. And we found that at least some aspects of the behavior that is being measured by the questionnaire is quite predictive of how well those dogs will do during training. So that's another use that has been found for this questionnaire. We are trying to convince animal shelters and rescue organizations and adoption agencies to use it both to evaluate animals that are being relinquished by their owners, so asking the relinquishing owner to do this type of evaluation, and also doing follow-up evaluations of animals after they've been adopted to both to see, to identify where the main behavior problems are so that the shelter or the agency can intervene can help the animal overcome these behavioral difficulties they're having. And also to see whether when you take the animal out of its previous home and put it in a new home, whether these behavior problems persist or whether they tend to disappear. And interestingly enough, the, some of the research we've done in that area suggests that a lot of the behavior problems just disappear when the animal is taken out of the original relinquishing household which suggests that it was that household that was the source of the problem, not the animal itself, which I think is very interesting and kind of encouraging. There are some behaviors, however, which are quite persistent, and they're sort of things you might expect, like territorial barking, things like that, um, being um, showing aggression towards people coming towards the house or something like that, which is, seems to be quite a strong personality trait that persists across different situations. Well, we certainly know that behavior issues are a reason for relinquishment. So this is a, a really amazing endeavor, an honorable endeavor to save lives for pets. I'd like to get a quick message from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and talk with Dr. Serple a little bit more about how you might be able to access the Seabark and use its information to help you and your dog. We'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're continuing our conversation about canine behavior assessment with Dr. Serple, Dr. James Serple. So how do you think that our just pet owning homes might be able to learn and use your assessment to their advantage to help their dogs? Yes. Well, when um, if you go to the website, which is just www.cbark.org, you can sign in. You have to create a little profile for yourself, um, and then um, you can enter the information about your dog. And at the end of that process, you will 
be able to review a chart that will basically, on the chart, it will show you all of these different behavioral traits that the CBARC measures. And it will show you where the, the average dog in our entire population of dogs in our database sits in relation to each of those behavioral traits. And then you'll also be able to see where your dog is in relation to that population average. And um, the distance, as it were, between where your dog is and where the average is gives us a way of assessing how severe its problems might be in particular areas. We color code that so that um, if there's a really big difference and the difference is in a sort of negative direction, then you would get a, a red color code for that particular chart. And that would simply tell you that your dog is sort of pretty much getting into a danger zone in terms of that particular behavior. And it, it gives you an opportunity to say, okay, well, that's kind of what I thought, but I wasn't quite sure if my perception of the animal was, was correct. And this is confirmation that my dog has really got a problem in this area. And maybe I should seek professional help to help resolve this difficulty. So that's one way in which people can use it. The vast majority of people who use it, just they're just delighted to see you know, where their dog is in relation to the average dog. And for the most part, the news is positive. So in that case, you'll get a green color-coded response. And uh, people find that very satisfying, I think, to find that their dog on the whole is, is either near average or better than average than, than other dogs. So have you seen a strong correlation with different breeds of dogs and certain traits? Well, certainly there are breed differences, and those breed differences are quite reliable. And we've even uh, recently been able to show that some of those breed differences are uh, linked to specific areas on the dog genome. So there's a genetic basis for these breed differences. At the same time, if you look within any breed, there's a tremendous amount of variation. So you could say, well, I would like to get a golden retriever because I think, um, you know, the personality of golden retriever is the kind of personality of dog that I want to have as a pet. But there's no guarantee that you're going to get that perfect golden retriever uh, because there's a lot of variation there. So, yes, there are certainly breed differences. And yes, those breed differences are related to genetics. But also, there's a lot of variation within every breed. And some of that will be due to genetic factors, and some of it will be due to the environment in which that particular dog was reared. So if someone has a puppy, what age of dog would, would the assessment provide the most value? We recommend not doing the assessment before the dog is six months old, because um, puppies change a lot, as we, you know, as most people would know. You know, the behavior of a young puppy is not really a strong predictor of how it's going to be when it grows up. And so we recommend earliest CBARC uh, evaluation at six months. And that's, in fact, the way the database is set up now, uh, you can't actually do an evaluation on a dog that's younger than six months of age. The system will just send you a message saying, sort of come back when the dog's six months old. If I did an assessment and then I implemented some sort of training. You know, I sought help. I talked to my veterinarian or I, I worked with a dog trainer. Could I see those changes on a later assessment or is it just once for each dog? If you're a pet owner, it's once for each dog. If you're a trainer or someone like that or an organization breeding dogs for particular purposes, the system allows you to do multiple evaluations of the same animal. So you can do an initial first evaluation, a baseline, if you like, 
and then you can do follow-up evaluations. And I think trainers and dog breeders find that quite helpful because uh, they want to see the sort of before and after effects of whatever intervention they're proposing for the owner. So do you think it's extremely individual how much of a dog's personality is nurture versus nature? I mean, what, what is your opinion on that? I think when you're looking at the individual dog, the bulk of the variation you're going to see is due to the environment. So it's going to be nurture rather than nature. At the same time, you know, we all know in a sense that, you know, that the Jack Russells are different from Labradors and that they have a sort of general, they have general characteristics which kind of define the breed to some extent, uh, just in terms of personality. And in that sense, I think there is, you know, clearly a genetic basis for the differences that we're aware of. But at the same time, we may also be familiar with Jack Russells that don't fit the stereotype or Labradors that don't fit the stereotype of the Labrador. And so really, when you get that happening, you have to assume that a large component of this variation we see uh, between individuals is environmentally induced. So if someone has a mixed breed dog, now I did the assessment and my dog is not a mixed breed, but if someone has a mixed breed dog, they can still do the assessment, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. It doesn't restrict anybody. Excellent. Well, I really, really appreciate your time today. This is very fascinating because I believe that knowledge is power and anything that we can find out about our dog helps us be better dog owners and helps the dog's environment be better for the dog. So I appreciate your time today very much. Oh, it's a pleasure. I, you know, I feel that uh, anything we can do to help the welfare of, of companion animals is a good thing. And uh, so I appreciate being able to come on the show and talk to people about what we're doing. So let's tell them one more time exactly how they can find more uh, the web address and find out more information and maybe even uh, make a donation to your project. Oh, yes, that would be very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the web address is simply www.cbarq.org. C-B-A-R-Q. Excellent. Um, and the cat one is F-E-B-A-R-Q. Well, that is delightful. I loved that my dog was all in the green. As I said, my dog is perfect, so I wasn't surprised by that. But I really felt like just going through the steps and answering the questions made me think about who she is. And so it was just very valuable. And I want all of my listeners to go out and do this questionnaire because I think you will find it very enlightening. And I want to thank all of the listeners for joining us today. Of course, Dr. Serple and our amazing producer, Mark Winter. And I want you guys to all go out and raise the rough. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.